It's time for a conversation about the things we share in common. Our common hopes, our common fears, our common struggles. Together, we'll wrestle with the questions that we all have about the issues that affect our lives. This is The Common Good. Now, here are your hosts, Brian Fromm and Ian Simpkins. Good on AIM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Alongside Ian Simpkins, my name is Brian Fromm. We are glad to have you joining us today. Today is a very special day uh, as we are going to have the pleasure to be joined by Paul Jacobs from Fruit for the Poor. Uh, and, and it's also a special day in this matter. Uh, it is my first day back in the studio since Ian. I'm not sure March the 8th, and you, you are not back. You are still in your basement, mm-hmm. uh, not your treehouse today. We're looking at each other <laughs> over Zoom. That's true. And, uh, yeah, everything, I, I have to report to you, it looks the same as when we left back in the uh, in the middle of March. I would also like to deem today hashtag what was that Wednesday. That's the uh, intro <laughs> that we haven't heard in more than half a year, right? Can we make that a thing? What was that Wednesday? What was that Wednesday? <laughs> <laughs> I, could, I could see us making that trend. Uh, so I wasn't used to a commute. This was something. And by and you know what would happen is that 355 would be closed today or right by where I had to get on it. And so I w- thought to myself, why am I commuting again? <laughs> oh, no kidding. Really? And so uh, while things get worked out a little bit to get Paul on the line, you and I are just going to catch up on uh, all that continues to change in our world. Man, I, I got off the air yesterday. And was driving through downtown Downers Grove, and uh, everything was boarded up. Uh, everything was boarded up. And so uh, it was really scary. I, it was just scary to see. And uh, they got it uh, boarded up, and there was a heavy police presence. Nothing happened at my, uh, in my town last night. But now there's a, a peaceful protest that's going to be in my hometown on Sunday. A lot going on in Naperville. Uh, and still, our our country and our world uh, is still just uh, reeling from from what happened in Minneapolis last Monday to George Floyd and the repercussions and the ramifications of it. Uh, it's it's been really fascinating. Yeah, it's been interesting too. Even here in Naperville, like I I posted this photo. I mentioned this yesterday of the cleanup efforts the day after the riots, and it was fascinating how even that image was a little divided like it it really for me was like a snapshot of just how tumultuous the terrain is right now and i've been so grateful even just thinking back the last two days of this week alone we've had like six or seven guests who are leaders in our city that are i think not only leading with incredible wisdom but for them to kind of take the time to share wisdom with us on our show i was listening back to some of those Mm -hmm. interviews today actually just because and you mentioned it even on the show like I want to really sit in some of that because it feels like in this really, really heated time, at least for you and I as as white pastors, we want to assume this posture of like listening and learning. And I found this article. It was actually uh, Christianity Today. It's by my friend Greg Armstrong, who pastors Renewed Church, and he wrote a like a I just thought a brilliant, brilliant article, and it's simply called "Systems, Sin, and Sanctuaries." Here is what I'd like my white brothers and sisters to know. Mm. 
and we won't have time to get into all of it, but I'm, I'm wondering, was there anything from this article that like really sort of jumped out at you? It's exactly what you've been saying uh, the last couple of days. Uh, I, I like how early on you said, I'm going to take a posture of listening. And so whether it's listening to the people that we've had on the show uh, or it's listening to these articles uh, really just has really kind of transformed my thoughts uh, around everything. And so he goes into the history of racism and this is on Christianity Today uh, and the church. Uh, but but really what stands out to me is when he talks about the forward. What, what's the future look like? He says, I believe in the multi-ethnic church, and I pastor an intentionally multi-ethnic church. And I would just stop there and say, uh, you know, every guy that we've talked to, every pastor we've talked to in the last couple days uh, who has a multi-ethnic church has talked about the intentionality it has taken to be a multi-ethnic church. Uh, but he goes on to say, I also believe in the black church and the white church and uh and and the the need to to understand one another to work together again things that i know but to hear it coming from somebody else uh who who kind of gets it and and is in the middle of it and and trying to work out a multi-ethnic church i think was really fascinating well i want to read at least the ending here and i would highly encourage you to check this out i don't even think we gave people all the information you can find us on facebook the common good radio show and that's where we not only post articles like this but you can also Send us messages if you have ideas for future shows. You can find us Instagram and Twitter at Common Good Talk, plus wherever it is to get your podcast. We've said it a lot this week. Go and listen to the podcast. But I would love to know what you think of this. Here's, here's how he ends this article, and I would encourage you to go and read the whole thing. He says, I believe in the multi-ethnic church, and I pastor an intentionally multi-ethnic church. I also believe in the black church and the white church. I'm extremely aware that every community will not see multi-ethnicity or multiculturalism within its geographical location. However, you can have a multi-ethnic life. I believe that we need to move beyond just having a, quote, black friend or work uh, or a Hispanic friend at work and in class. We need to move toward intentional, messy, and meaningful relationships that are shaped by the Holy Spirit so that we can see the systems of oppression and racism dismantled. It will only happen by true relationships that are steeped in godly community and presence. However, in these relationships, it is not time to, quote, know everything, but rather a time of listening and learning about the richness of black and brown culture and how together we can shape a new narrative for our communities and cities. It is also a way in which your privilege within America's system can be leveraged to see other people groups prosper. Are you willing to declare that black lives matter? If so, I'm confident that you and I can shape a future for our children that is infused with the love of Christ, justice for all, and the glory of God. May we move forward in the power of the gospel shaped by a community of people who see each other in the Imago Dei, the image of Christ our Lord. I'd love to know, Brian, just how that hits you. Yeah, I still think that the... uh the, the concept of the image of God of the Imago Dei is the key conversation here that 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 so much of the church needs to be rooted in going forward, um, that it, it all hinges on the image of God, that where does intrinsic worth of, of every person come from? Right, right. right. Where, what, where does that come from? Do I get to give people intrinsic worth? Do you get to give? No, this is this is by uh, their creator value, intrinsic value and worth is given by our creator. And um, that right there is the reason that uh, that uh, in this conversation, racism is a sin. Like we got to call it what it is. It's not just a bad idea. It's not just an inconvenience. It's a sin. It's an affront to God. Why? Because God, in, God created all people um, 
in his own image. And that changes everything. And so I think for the church to grasp the, uh, the Imago Dei, the image of God, is so foundationally key. Yeah, I remember hearing the great John Perkins once say, he says, we don't give people dignity, we affirm it. It's not for right. us to give. It's not yeah. like, well, now that I've, okay, now that my eyes have been opened or I acknowledge your particular struggle or the way that systems and structures have actually worked against people who look like you, talk like you, live in your communities. Now, okay, now you have dignity. He's like, no, 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 we, we don't give people dignity. We affirm it because it's already deeply intrinsic in their ontology. It's part of who God made them to be. And, and that's why I think this conversation has been so necessary, and I've been so grateful for men and women that have kind of helped shape yeah. some of our position structure. And I'm grateful even for you, Brian, the willingness to say, I don't know. I don't actually don't know how to move forward in that. And, and that's okay. That's okay for leaders and pastors yeah. to say, I don't know, but I know I need to listen more. I, I know I need to pause more and silence my own voice at times to elevate and amplify other voices. And I'm wondering, just as we, as we wrap up with this segment and uh, are joined by Food for the Poor coming up next, I'd love to know what's maybe like one takeaway that you would offer to people in light of even just our conversation the last 48 hours. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to uh, keep saying the same thing, but it's this concept of listening. And I forget which pastor we talked to the other day. Ian, the, the thing that's been really resonating with me and just pounding in my head, I talked to my wife about it the other day. You might be able to remind me which of the, of the awesome pastors that we've talked to who said this. He said, you need to, to my white brothers and sisters, you need to start with, a, with the uh, understanding of believing me. Like, just yeah. believe me. I'm not right. making this up. And right. I, I would never say, oh, I don't believe you. But that struck me so deeply. Like, oh, that's an unbelievable thing when you just don't even think that we believe you, let alone. And, and so I'm so grateful for all of the pastors who've been on this week. I feel like I've learned a ton. I told our elders last night, why don't you go back? At, I said, this sounds self-serving. Go listen to our show, but don't listen to me and Ian. Just listen to the pastors we've interviewed this week. And they were all like, okay, I will. So, <laughs> uh, I think that's a good call, man, and that's something that I, I hope that we continue to model not just this week or next week, but that we actually really <laughs> continue to assume this posture of learners and listeners and growers, and I think that's really, really important. Well, coming up next, uh, one of my favorite partners of the show, and I'm so excited to have them on for uh, the remainder of this hour and much of next hour. Paul Jacobs is going to join us with Food for the Poor. A couple of things to have handy. I would encourage you to go to 1160hope.com right now, and we're going to tell you how you can get involved. Also, the number 855-901-4673. That's 855-901-4673. Have that handy. We are really, really excited to have them here via the magic of technology coming up next on The Common Good on AM 1160. Hope for your life. This is The Common Good with Brian Fromm and Ian Simpkins on AM 1160. Hope for your life. I know that we're all going through a rough time here in this country, but please understand that for $37, you can feed a starving child for six months. $37. Divide that by the days in six months, which is about 180 days. Think about it. $37 would mean a few cents a day. Please do it. Welcome back to The Common Good here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Alongside Ian Simpkins, my name is Brian Fromm. And one of our favorite uh, partners here at the station, but particularly on our show, is an organization called Food for the Poor. 
and Food for the Poor provides emergency food relief for Latin American countries, which is always a big deal. But right now, in the midst of COVID-19, it is that much greater. So let me give you some of the particulars, and then we're going to introduce a friend of the show, if you will. Uh, You can donate all throughout our entire show, and even after the show is over, you can donate at 855-901-4673. Or you could go to 1160hope.com and click the red emergency food relief banner again at 1160hope.com. All the time recognizing that $37, just $37 gift provides emergency food relief for a child for six months. So the goal today is how many $37 gifts can we get? We want to see our audience just pile these up. Uh, And with that in mind, it is our pleasure again to welcome back Paul Jacobs. Paul, it is really good to see your face, even though we're looking at each other over Zoom on our computers. It's really good to see you, man. <laughs> and uh as we said, we can donate at eight five five nine zero one four six seven three. That's uh eight five five nine zero one four six seven three or online at eleven sixty hope dot com. Go to the emergency food relief banner at eleven sixty hope dot com. So Paul uh, we've had you in studio before uh, talking about the, the health crisis in, in Guatemala and other places. I can't imagine what it's like right now in COVID-19 and all that's going on. Could you kind of paint a picture for us right now? We are going to quickly go to break. Apparently, we're having some technical difficulties in the world of Zoom and the world of radio and uh, trying to get figured out. I apologize for that, Paul. We are going to come right back here in just a minute with Paul Jacobs from Food for the Poor here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. This is The Common Good with Brian Fromm and Ian Simpkins on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. When it comes a time and there is no food, how does she help the children get through that when they when their stomachs are, are empty? I tell them that today we cannot eat, but uh, another day we will have food. Yeah, we need to work in order to, to have food to put in our plates. When she prays, what does she pray to God for? I ask God for help for my children and to give us bread to have uh, each day something to eat. Welcome back to The Common Good on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Alongside Ian Simpkins, my name is Brian Fromm. We are really excited today to be joined by one of our sponsors, one of our uh, uh, great partners here at the station. Uh, that is an organization called Food for the Poor. Food for the Poor provides emergency food relief for Latin American countries impacted by COVID-19. Let me give you some of the particulars. Uh, you can call to donate, to call 855-901-4673. 
or go to 1160hope.com and click on the red emergency food relief banner. And for just $37, a one-time $37 gift, you can feed a child for six months. That's the goal today, to feed as many children as we can. And as I said in the first segment, we're uh, joined by one of our good friends, someone who's been in our studio often, Paul Jacobs. And we're trying to do this uh, over Zoom and other ways right now. And so, uh, Paul, I apologize for the early hiccup. Hopefully this works, but it is really good to see your face, my friend. No, not at all. It it is no apology necessary because here's the bottom line. We're here together uh, making every effort possible because in the months that we've all been going through, the many people here, you listening right now that have been suffering across the world in your neighborhood, in your community, in the Chicagoland area, you may have lost jobs, you may have lost income, you may have lost family members, but there are families in Guatemala and Haiti and the countries that Food for the Poor serves that need your help right now because sheltering in place, uh, families that cannot leave their home to earn a dollar or two a day or venture out to find what filthy water that they can find at some very polluted water source and come back home to give to their children, that has basically meant a slow death for many of mm. these families. And you right now, with a gift of $37, provide six months of emergency food relief for one child. And just think about it. For pizza night on a Friday, this Friday, mm-hmm. you would have provided six months of emergency food for a child who is struggling just like us in this pandemic, but in unimaginable ways. So we're asking you right now, would you join so many that have joined in and said yes to these families who have been hearing no for too long? It's The number is very simple. It's 855-901-4673. With your $37 gift, you can give. It's a three-minute call to the operator, or you can go online at 1160hope.com, and inside of minutes, you can save a life. Yeah, and maybe if if you're like me, you you don't ever use the phone to actually make phone calls. Like I can't think of the last time I actually made a phone call. But I know a lot of people uh, prefer to do this digitally. So you can go to 1160hope.com. That's 1160hope.com. And you click the emergency food relief banner at the top. You can't miss it. it we've done it before, Brian and I both. It takes like less than three minutes. I uh, can't encourage you enough to check that out. Paul, I'm wondering, can you explain a little bit? how that actually works like how does 37 dollars provide emergency food relief for a child for a whole six months how does that work food for the poor in these last 10 weeks and months since we've been uh responding to our communities and our our country partners and our ministry partners we've had to do things completely nor uh, just upside down different from what we've done over the last 38 years we've been a ministry we have had very limited shipments because a lot of borders are closed. We've turned to our ministry partners on the ground and said, listen, we can't get containers in to close borders. We are going to have to ask you, your churches, your ministry, your diff, uh, partners, uh, partnerships with local food producers on the ground in these countries to sell us food at large quantities for at least a, a rate that's reasonable for the volume of food we desperately need for these families. And then we've have partners in, in around the world that have literally donated food that we can ship in and we just simply pay the shipping costs. So that $37, your gift of $37 goes so much farther than just providing uh, just a meal for a day. It's six months of emergency food, six months of a lifeline to a child, your $37 gift. I, I dare ask you to think how many children can you save right now when you call 
855-901-4673. Or many of you have gone online to 1160hope.com and given your $37 inside of three minutes and save a child's life. And Paul, can you remind us, like it's always been so impacting, uh, impactful for me when you've been in our studio here, uh, even before COVID-19 oh, and described yeah. just the uh, just how bad things were on the ground to the places you've been. Uh, so could you even describe what it was like before COVID-19 and the desperation and now what it's like even now when adding COVID-19 on top of it? January of 2020, this year, just months ago, before our, all of our entire lives were upended, I visited a community called La Culebra, a very uh, far-reached community. It was in a, basically, they call it the, the uh, dry corridor because they mm-hmm. get very little rain. The farms there are suffering desperately. So families who live by working the farms or farm hands uh, can't earn a living because the drought in that community, as it was back then. Now, we visit a community. We meet a mom by the name of Placida, and I see a four-year-old child with this belly distended. And I ask her, why is her belly like that? And she says, well, she doesn't eat every day. Mm. The, the water that I give her to drink is filthy and polluted. Now, fast forward months later, she is still living in La Culebra. She is now sheltering in place. The dollar or two she earned a day going to work on those farms when she could find work has now been completely cut off with no hope for it to change. And only thing standing between her children starving and literally life is you and your gift of $37 or however many children you can save with a $37 gift providing six months of emergency food. Mm. Here's the number. It's real simple. It's 855-901-4673. We need you to respond right now because these children do not have much time. We need your help right now. Paul, I'm wondering, uh, for anyone who's wondering about the theology behind what you do, you know, I know not all of our audience are Christ followers, but I know a good deal of them are, and, and they might be wondering, okay, so how does this fit into the mission of Jesus or what it means to be a Christ follower? Can you speak a little bit to what, the Bible says with regards to how we care for people in need? Galatians 2.10 is everything that we need to know about this, among other scriptures. When Paul began his ministry, he said all they asked was that we should continue to remember the poor, the very thing Hmm. I've been eager to do all along. And we're asking you to provide six months of emergency food. We're asking you to give hope to a mother. We're asking you to be a lifeline, to be the hands and feet of Jesus. We're asking you right now to remember the poor Mm. with a gift of $37 when you call 855-901-4673. And I do want to make sure to introduce something here at the station we're doing called the Business Benefactor Program. This is kind of a win-win here for if you are a business owner uh, or a marketing manager, or you simply want to promote something like your church, your school, a ministry, then you could become a food for the poor business benefactor. Here's how it works. For a one-time gift of $1,000, you will receive 40 one-minute commercials to air on AM 1160 Monday through Friday between 5 a.m. and 8 p.m. So it's it's a great way to promote your business or ministry and at the same time uh, feed hungry children. And so here's how you do that. To become a business benefactor, call Jeff Reisman at 847-472-8921. That's 847-472-8921. Eight nine, uh, two one. Paul. Also, again, one of the 
things that has always been impactful for me when you've shared is just to uh, help us understand the life of a child uh, in these countries. Um, what is it like for school and for play and, and just how much of their lives of these children are dominated by just trying to get food in their belly? You know, we met an interesting uh, case on this last trip to Guatemala, Irma, a mom with four children. Her two oldest girls were the only two that she could afford to send to school. And it was interesting because she said to us, uh, you know, well, I I cook for uh, a family um, and then I uh, do some cleaning for another family. And when I have time, when she she talks about when I have time, (laughs) she works a third job. But it wasn't so much the, 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 the work that she did on a, a daily basis. It was the fact that her two girls, when they go to school, that's really, if anything, their only meal of the day. Mm. Because if she hasn't earned enough and she cannot bring food home, she knows at least two of her children going to school are going to eat every day. School has been canceled for these mm. many months. Mm. These children do not have a meal to be spoken of. They're at the mercy of whatever you are able to give so that our ministry partners can get in that community where Irma lives, can get her some emergency food, and get these children for the next six months while they're waiting for the, their curve to flatten some, rest, some, some substance, some ability to eat on a regular basis and save these children's lives. Paul, I'm wondering, I know that when people listen, I imagine you're probably a master at this too, imagining what people's hurdles to giving are. Like what are the things that they Mm. need to hear or what's the information? And one of the things that I always find so helpful is to hear from the voice of the the expert, what what has been your journey with Food for the Poor? Like what was the thing that really like broke your heart or began you down this path to really committing your life then to care for people in this way. I don't, uh, you know, it's interesting. My, my story is very unique. I was raised by a single parent, and I remember um, when, you know, my, my father working two jobs, still not able to make ends meet, and we went out. We went without. We went without electricity. We went without running water for months. Uh, mm. Living in South Florida, when you talk about no air conditioning in your mm. home in the summer for months, when you talk about jumping the fence to the abandoned home to fill up a bucket in order that you could flush a toilet or you could wash your face in the morning, uh, it is a very uh, scary thought for any child of you know at the age I was preteen. But it was interesting because it was Gardens Baptist Church, Pastor Daryl Orman, and it was that. Knock at the door on a visitation that gave my father that hope. It was led to my father being saved and water baptized. It was the food that they provided. But it was more than that, is that they stuck it out with us until we got through. And so all these years later, when I joined Food for the Poor, I not only remember the impact that ministry in the church of Jesus Christ made in my life when we were going through, my life didn't... paled in comparison to the the struggles that these families are going through. But I knew the impact of the body of Christ, and that's you right now. That's Mm -hmm. you responding, knocking on Irma's door, knocking on Marta's door with a phone call, with a click of the web, and saying yes to a family who's heard no far too long. Yeah. Uh, Paul, you said something before that that I found interesting. You said as they wait for their curve to flatten, we all kind of know the numbers and the debates going on in the United States. What about in Latin America? Where are they at in the COVID-19 kind of spectrum right now? 
We get updates daily, excuse me, weekly from our project manager, Marcus Frisch, and his team on the ground in our countries where we serve. And we are finding that there are spikes in cases um, in our countries where we're serving. They are finding that the new hotspot is possibly Latin America. So we're seeing Mm -hmm. that we have to respond faster and with more urgency than ever because their their curve like ours is, uh, excuse me, unlike ours, is nowhere near flattening. And they have a medical system that is not apt and prepared to handle these cases. But if we can keep these families sheltered in place, what I mean by keeping them sheltered in place, can we can deliver them the resources that they can be sustained while they're at home. We are hearing reports that families are literally hanging white sheets, white shirts, white flags on their door in surrender, not surrender to the government, surrender to starvation, telling everyone who passed by, there is no food here. Tengo hambre. I am hungry. We are. Tenemos hambre. We are hungry. We need food. And you're the answer to that right now with one click of the mouse when you click to 1160hope.com and take three minutes to give $37, providing one child six months of emergency food relief. Yeah, again, that's 1160hope.com. You can click on the emergency food relief or you can pick up the phone and call 855-901-4673. That's 855-901-4673. Paul, you, you touched on something there that I think is so fascinating too because we all understand starvation as a global issue, right? Then you compound that with a global pandemic that what you were just saying about like even creating an environment where they can stay home is not just filling their bellies, but potentially like protecting them from this pandemic. Can you, for people that maybe don't understand what, what were the conditions like for people to go and get food or find clean water or like what, can you just paint a little bit of a picture about what, what that would look like in the day in the life of an average citizen there? Yeah, one of the things that uh, we're hearing is the informal market. The term informal market is closed. Informal market has completely been shut down in these countries. Well, what does that simply mean? There are no traditional jobs in these countries like Guatemala, Mm -hmm. like Haiti, like Honduras. There are families that go out every single day and sell their wares. Maybe it's art art items. Maybe it's uh, food that they grow and they sell on the streets. Uh, In Haiti, they sell charcoal uh, made from, you know, basically uh, handmade. And and, and those informal markets... where these families, if they don't have normal jobs, when I say normal, a factory, a farm, um, right. working in the service industry, maybe at a as a, a, a you know hotel or a restaurant or some some semblance of that, these informal markets have completely been shut down. Public spaces have been completely emptied out. So now, when you're talking about the majority of these individuals. We're talking over 50 percent, close to 75 percent of the poor working in these informal markets. And you have completely shut that down. That dollar or two a day that they had to choose to either buy a tortilla or an egg or somehow get uh, keep the roof over their head. Send their child to school to earn their only to eat their only meal. That's gone. And so these families, all these months that you and I have been waiting for our stimulus check or waiting for employment benefits, they have had nothing. And so we're asking you right now to open your heart to say yes to these families. Absolutely. Uh, One more time. Uh, You can call 855-901-4673. Or go to 1160hope.com and it is so simple friends you just go to the red um, emergency food relief banner as paul told you it'll take you like two or three minutes okay 
Uh, and with that two or three minutes and a one-time $37 gift, you can provide emergency food relief for a child for six months. These very children that Paul has been talking about who literally have no food right now, you can be the answer. So go to 1160hope.com, click on the emergency food relief banner, or call 855-901-4673. We are thrilled uh, to be joined uh, technologically. Him from Florida, us up here in Illinois, glad to be joined by Paul Jacobs. Paul is going to stay with us for the rest of our show as we continue to look to provide for children through food for the poor. You're listening to The Common Good on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. This is The Common Good with Brian Fromm and Ian Simpkins on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. From your lawn and your kids living in Haiti, getting food on a normal day is hard. I don't always eat. Sometimes I'll go the entire day without finding anything. Sometimes two days and then maybe the next day in the afternoon someone will give me something. But now in the face of the coronavirus, feeding your children is nearly impossible. Sometimes when I don't have anything to give them, they'll cry and tell me they're hungry. And I have to tell them that I don't have anything. Angela is with Food for the Poor. I know that we're all going through a rough time here in this country, but please understand that for $37, you can feed a starving child for six months. $37. Divide that by the days in six months, which is about 180 days. Think about it. $37 would mean a few cents a day. Please do it. Hey, friends, welcome back to The Common Good here on AIM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Alongside Ian Simpkins, my name is Brian Fromm, and we are thrilled to be joined all show today by Paul Jacobs, our friend from Food for the Poor. And let me remind you uh, what Food for the Poor does, because it literally is a life-changing work. Uh, Food for the Poor provides emergency food relief for Latin American countries, and specifically right now, those impacted uh, so terribly by the COVID-19 pandemic for $37, just a one-time $37 gift, you can provide emergency food relief for a child for six months. And there's two ways that you can do that. Call 855-901-4673 or go to 1160hope.com and there click on the emergency food relief banner. It will take you just two or three minutes. And in those two or three minutes, you are going to change the life of a child and of a family. So again, we're joined by Paul Jacobs and thrilled to be joined by you, Paul. Uh, And you want to start this segment by just giving some thank yous, some people who are already helping out children. Yes, absolutely. want to say thank you, Michael from Chicago, $37 saved a child. God bless you, Michael. Thank you. Willard from Roselle, $37. Uh, Jacqueline from Lockport, $75 gift. God bless you. Linda from Arlington Heights, $200. And Harvey from Aurora, $37, a one-time gift, saving a child with $37 provides six months of emergency food relief. All of them gave at 1160hope.com. They clicked the banner on the homepage that says emergency food and inside of three minutes all of them save lives and I want to say thank you and if you'd like to join them right now you can do so by going to the website 1160hope.com clicking the red food for the poor banner and inside of three minutes your $37 will save one child with food with safety with hope with at least the knowledge that they know for the next six months 
that they will be covered and cared for while they're going through this terrible pandemic like you and I have been for so many months. Mm-hmm. That's really good, Paul. What, the, what I want to ask is about the person who's on the fence right now. They understand that as, the, as a Christ follower, maybe that generosity is actually the way to living, that we should be caring for the, the poor and the marginalized and those who are hurting. But they're on the fence with food for the poor specifically. They're like, okay, I'm not quite sure where I want my money going or what kind of organization this is. What do you say to the person right now who's on board with the mission and the idea in general but is maybe unsure that food for the poor is the right organization for them? In these times, you're probably getting asked and, and, and literally being tor- turned to by a number of organizations everywhere you turn, every place you go. And we understand right now that even you listening right now need help. But think about this. For more than 38 years, Food for the Poor has been ministering to the poorest of the poor in 18 countries in Latin America and the Caribbean. Our our strength has been the focus of Matthew twenty five forty. Whatever you've done unto the least of these, you've done unto me. We do it as unto the Lord because we partner with the local church, the pastors, the Christian ministries on the ground, that when they're giving and providing this food, this emergency food for these next six months to a child, to a family, to a mother who's desperately praying, when will my child eat again? They're giving it in the name of Jesus. So you're ministering. Not just feeding, you're ministering on the ground right now Mm. when you go to 1160hope.com and give your $37 to save a child. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, in the Bible, it talks often about when we give, uh, I'm going to give my pastoral kind of summation here, right? When we give, it also benefits us. We benefit by giving. I'm wondering, uh, Paul, if you could speak to that for people, how in your own life, as you've given and given and reached out, how has it enriched your own life? It's enriched me because I see the hope in the families. I talked to I talked to you about a, a mother named Irma with four children and one of the things on this trip in Guatemala just months ago before COVID, before sheltering in place, before a pandemic that upended everyone's life including our own. I was amazed that this mother with a special needs child at home working three jobs 7 days a week Her two oldest children, the only two that she could afford to send to school to get their only meal of the day. That it wasn't so much that she she didn't ask for a dime. She didn't ask for a plate of food. She didn't ask for a thing. All she did when recalling her struggles and her pain was give glory back to God. Even when her husband died and her small child was seven months old. Mm. When her husband passed away, the special needs child. And she still gives glory to God. And... I had to embrace her, and her tears still stained my shirt. But I'm encouraged because there are moms just like her that through your giving today can really enforce her faith in God. So will you do that? Will you today literally strengthen and re- the resolve and the faith of God in a mother like Irma? Mm-hmm. And please, it's $37 mm-hmm. to say, Irma, your child will eat for the next six months. How many children? Can you save right now with your $37 gift? Can you save three children? Can you save five children? It's only $37 for one child to have six months of emergency food. Again, we're being joined by Paul Jacobs from Food for the Poor. We're excited to have him with us. Paul's going to stay with us for the entire second hour. Again, 855-901-4673. Or go to 1160hope.com and click on the emergency food relief banner. For you and Simpkins, I'm Brian Fromm. You are listening to The Common Good, AM 1160, Hopefully
Kathy. Coming up this hour, Ian and I are going to continue to reflect upon all that's going on in our world. Uh, and then we're joined for the rest of the hour by Paul Jacobs from Food for the Poor. You're listening to The Common Good. Of great conversation going on there. Uh, it's where you can find all of the articles that we discuss over the course of the week. More importantly, uh, we have had the opportunity to do lots of uh, really good interviews. Not good because of us, but good because of who we interviewed throughout the course of this week. And I would love for you to go hear those interviews. You can also find those on Twitter and Instagram at Common Good Talk. And you can find those uh, at 1160hope.com and our podcast. Get our podcast wherever it is you get your podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review. Uh, we are grateful for those who do, uh, who do that. So, Ian, as we said in the first hour, I'm back in the studio for the first time in like three months. I went to the wrong parking garage today, didn't know where to go. I'm just kidding about that. But you're still uh, at home. <laughs> And uh, in a minute here, another, a couple minutes, we'll be joined again by Paul Jacobs down in Florida. Just the, the amazingness of technology. But, Ian, we did want to start the hour by just reflecting a little bit more uh, of all that we see going on around us. And I did want to highlight, uh, did you see uh, the, uh, I think it was driven by a lot of clergy in Chicago yesterday, uh, just the... Uh, there was a, a protest. There was a march, a peaceful march of over 500 clergy uh, throughout, uh, I think it was the north side of Chicago. When I see those, you, we get so many things of uh, of the of looting and da- or this and that. And when I saw that again, I was just reminded of the of the depth and the power uh, and the unity in some in some senses of what is going on right now. Still a really long way to go. Uh, but man, when I see those, I again am encouraged. Yeah, it was interesting. I was talking with a bunch of friends who were there, uh, wanting to try and get into their head a little bit and ask them what was it what was it like to actually take part in this historic event? And they said it was odd because, on one hand, you knew that you were a part of something big, mm-hmm. but on the other hand, they talked about the normalcy of it. Like they were like, it was just a really slow walk. Like it was a lot <laughs> of people, and it felt almost like, on one hand, you go into it thinking. Oh man, this is gonna this is gonna be this thing that I tell my grandkids about that I was there that I was a part of it. And on the other hand, just the ordinary nature of it. And one of my friends this morning when we were talking about it, she was saying it just kind of reminded me how much of a journey this whole conversation is. Like mm-hmm. it isn't just this sprint to healing or sprint and the system's fixed or sprint and our hearts are healed, but it it is this like journey kind of picture. And for her seeing. Other friends that she hadn't seen, also the weird juxtaposition of seeing people in masks while marching and some holding signs and some were kids and some were old men and women. And yeah, I don't know. I I saw a bunch of the images last night and this morning and it was a, it was a pretty, a pretty powerful thing to kind of take all that in. Yeah, it absolutely was. And the heartbreaking imagery last night, uh, I don't know if you saw this of, uh, it just reminds you again of what ultimately the tragedy was that kicked all of this off. Uh, where George Floyd's, uh, his daughter, his six-year-old daughter, they had at a press conference last night, uh, and she was on Stephen Jackson's shoulders just saying, my daddy changed the world. And it was like, oh, my gosh, just the pain of that and to be reminded. And I think as pastors and as just, you know, humans, we're all wrestling with what now? 
what now? And, and you you highlighted a really interesting article from a pastor by the name of uh, Ephraim. That's his name, right? Ephraim Smith, yep. uh, who I've seen at Exponential and other places you probably have sure. as well. Why don't you take us through that a little bit of uh, what Ephraim Smith, a, a prominent African-American voice and pastor in our nation, what he had to say? Yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a summary from his full interview, his full video. I'd encourage you to go watch the whole thing, mm-hmm. but it's sort of broken up into interview chunks. It's out of religion news. And uh, he said what one of the questions was, what has you experienced when you watched the video of George Floyd? Again, a reminder, this is a, a, a pastor and a leader mm-hmm. and a writer. You mentioned Exponential. I know that he's, he's done a lot of things and had a lot of impact in your life. He said, it broke my heart because you're listening to a man that is losing his life, and it doesn't have to be. I don't understand. If a guy is unarmed, he's handcuffed, and there's multiple officers on the scene with weapons, and he's saying that he can't breathe, and he's saying that his stomach hurts, this grown man is at one point crying out for his mother. To see bystanders that are filming on their phones, and they're crying out to police officers to let up, and yet to see that the officer just keeps his knee on the neck and the back of the head of George Floyd, I don't know how you can look at that video and your heart not be broken. And I was listening to another podcast this morning on my run from the um, the Center for Theologians and Pastors, and they were talking about it was a, it was an African American pastor, and he was saying even for his own heart, how difficult it was when all this news was originally breaking and his you know white evangelical friends a lot of them are saying well hold on let's wait till we get all the information let's wait till we see all the angles and we see all the footage and he said i understand that but it felt like on the receiving end that they they weren't able to at least admit the heartache of watching what they watched to just first say that was just incredibly heart-wrenching to see and to experience and as your friend as your brother uh that's heartbreaking i think it's a little bit of what Ephraim is getting here at the beginning it's just like the the universal sense that like in watching what what that was what should be hard for all of us to yeah. watch yeah i was listening to a radio show coming up here on the commute up here to the station and uh i thought the host said something that really resonated with me because he said hey we're uh he was speaking primarily uh, to other white people, he's like, we're going to say the wrong thing at time. Like, let's not just be so scared right. not to say something and to keep engaging conversation and to join along, understanding uh, we're going to we're going to make missteps and we're going to say some things that are hard. Uh, I'm just wondering with the last minute or two that we have in the segment, two, two or three minutes, what's just where uh, your heart is at? Are you still feeling the need for a posture of listening? Is that primarily where you're at? Where, where are you at right now as you continue to work through this? Yeah, I mean, personally, I'm I'm reading this article. I've read this a couple of times today. He's got this particular section about John 4 that I think is just incredibly helpful. The question really is, what does this look like in practice? I've been really challenged by those types of questions, you know, because you and I, not not to keep kind of driving this point home too, like one of the postures of privilege is that you and I can say, whew, I need a break from this conversation. Yeah, 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 or, yeah. oh, I need to... I need to distract myself with something else. Like our brothers and sisters of color have not been afforded that luxury to say, ah, I'm going to move on to a different topic for a little while. So I want to be really careful to not say, well, we committed a couple of days on our show to listen. And now I've moved on to the next sort of issue du jour. But to again, assume a posture, not just of listening and learning, but also to be honest, unlearning. I think that's just as important in this conversation. We probably have a lot of things we need to unlearn. And I think we also need to experience some real long-suffering, not just for our own formation and benefit, but also as an act of solidarity to say, hey, 
we're not just going to be interested in this for 72 hours and then move mm-hmm. on because I care about you and the Imago Dei and the sacred dignity that God has given you. Um, I'm going to remain in the trenches here in this one for longer than maybe is comfortable for me because I feel like that's what Jesus would have me do. And that's, yeah. that's sort of my hope. And I would encourage you to go and read the whole, the whole interview because I just think it's really, really insightful. Yeah, I would uh, highlight one more thing. Uh, uh, Pastor... Uh, Kevin Sampson and both him and his wife, Aubrey Sampson, have been on our show before. Kevin, yeah. uh, hopefully doesn't mind me telling everyone this, on Facebook, he posted today just a list of books that he mm-hmm. suggested would be really good uh, to read. He said, pick up, people uh, keep saying, well, what can I do now? He said, here's two or three books. Um, again, he was speaking to white pastors, brothers, uh, people who were asking, well, what do I do now? He and it You was should share great, that to our page. It was a great list, a great book, and I'd encourage you. So, uh, just wanted to spend a uh, first segment catching up and talking about all that's going on around. Let's still be people of prayer and uh, taking a posture of listening. Well, coming up next and for the rest of our show, we're going to be joined uh, by Paul Jacobs from Food for the Poor. Paul is a friend of the show. Uh, more than that, Food for the Poor is an organization that we really believe in. And so coming up next, we're going to be joined by Paul Jacobs here on The Common Good on AIM 1160, Hope for Your Life. This is The Common Good with Brian Fromm and Ian Simpkins on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. The COVID-19 pandemic is having a devastating effect all around the world. It's also creating widespread food shortages. In many countries, families that are already hungry will soon be facing starvation and famine. Marcus Frisch is Projects Director with Food for the Poor. These children and families don't represent numbers and don't represent solely beneficiaries. They represent people. They represent names. Our partners have such a close connection with these people. They know them. They understand their struggles, and if they have the ability through our organization to provide assistance, there's a moral and a religious imperative to do so. When people receive these care packages, they know that the glory belongs to God because it is through Him that our country partners are able to provide this life-saving care package. Back to the common good on AIM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Alongside Ian Simpkins, my name is Brian Fromm. And uh, one of the things that we love to do that Ian and I have gotten to do over the last 16 months since we started the show is to team up with Food for the Poor, uh, and particularly our friend Paul Jacobs. Uh, Food for the Poor provides emergency food relief for Latin American countries. And right now that is so needed because of the impact of COVID-19. So before we bring Paul back on, let me remind you that for $37, not a month, a one-time $37 gift, you could provide emergency food relief for a child for six months. So really we're asking how many children can we feed? How many $37 gifts can we provide? You can do that at 855-901-4673. That's 855-901-4673. Or go to 1160hope.com and click on the emergency food relief banner. You can do it online there, and it will only take you a couple minutes, and you can change the life of a child. Paul, you did this so well in the first hour, but for those people who are just tuning back in, could you paint a picture of the gravity of COVID-19 in some of these Latin American countries right now? Just an hour and a half of a, uh, off of our shores uh, here off of the shore of Florida um, is ha- the island nation of Haiti, probably the poorest nation, the poorest country, this hemisphere. Already before the pandemic, there were 4.6 million 
Haitians suffering from food insecurity before the pandemic, an island nation of about 10 million. You can Mm. do the math now. Now, since the pandemic, we are literally in the midst of a new crisis that is emerging, and we are hearing more than ever the word famine. Now, just think, for those of you that are old enough like myself, and you know, you, you've heard the word famine, but it's like half a world away is famine. We're talking about 93 minutes from our shores. Famine is emerging with this pandemic because families have been sheltering in place. They have not been able to go out into public spaces, in informal markets where they earn their only living, uh, farm have been completely shut down and children can no longer go to school because the schools are closed for the risk of contracting coronavirus, COVID-19. And now these children cannot eat. And so why today we're asking you, will you save a child suffering during this pandemic with six months of emergency food for just $37? Or maybe you can save more than that. Maybe you can save three children or 10 children. It's just $37 for one child to get emergency food for the next six months. Will you join us right now by going to 1160hope.com, clicking the Food for the Poor banner, and saving a life. Or you could call 855-901-4673. That's 855-901-4673. Paul, I know that you've done this before, but I'm wondering, could you help paint a picture of what you mean by the conditions that they're experiencing? Like I hear all the time out here in the suburbs, oh, I'm starving. And what they usually mean is I haven't eaten in an hour and a half, right? Like that's – we toss around that word starving so poorly and I, I know that you've, you know, you've been there in person. You've seen some things. Can yeah. you as best you can kind of paint a picture a little bit? What are, you, what are you actually talking about? What kind of like individual and systemic poverty and hunger are, are we talking about here? We visited a mother on our last trip to Haiti with her children in her home. It was well into the afternoon, well, you know, late in the day. We almost had to turn back around because it was getting dark. And this mom, her children, this sweltering heat in the Haitian sun, we simply asked her, when was the last time your children ate? And she said, yesterday. Mm. Now, if you're a parent, you're a mother right now, and you're asking yourself, the same question or someone is asking you the same question, I dare say you probably would look at your watch before answering, not as a matter of fact, say yesterday. And then there was no hope that today there would be any food either. There, the only hope is the prayer that someone like you would literally intervene and save this family, save this child with a one-time gift of $37, providing the next six months of emergency food. Now, in the midst of this pandemic, the urgency has been amped in ways we have not ever imagined. It is truly unprecedented in these countries, but you're the answer right now. Mm -hmm. So today we're asking you to save a child suffering in this pandemic with six months of emergency food for just $37. But I ask you, how many children can you save right now? Yep. Again, you can do that at 855-901-4673 or going to 1160hope.com and clicking on the emergency food relief banner. Uh, How many kids can you help through a $37 gift? Now, Paul, uh, you guys do a lot of work, say, in Haiti or Guatemala with the church. Uh, What is uh, how would you describe for us how the church is doing? How is the church responding in those nations uh, to this 
uh, real to the COVID-19 pandemic and to all that's going on in their countries. There's two stories to tell about the local church that is happening in our countries right now. First of all, it is the incredible resolve that these ministry partners are risking their own lives, risking the, their staff's lives to go into these communities, risking them contracting coronavirus. Mm. Of course, they're practicing social distancing. Of course, they have masks and they have gloves and they're taking all the necessary precautions. But at the same time, they have families as well. But their efforts are, are relentless to make sure in these regional foods, uh, food distribution sites that these families can get these packages of food, these lifelines, mm. so that these families can get their food. And then, of course, there's the practical side to food for the poor, that without the local church, without the fact that the, they go f- into far-reaching communities, food for the poor would only be would be limited to do only so much. We have one major office in Port-au-Prince with some regional feeding centers, but it is the lifeline of the church to go out into these communities, to come back and let us know that there are families in desperate need. Here's where their need is. And so we can get your gift, your $37, and we can turn that around mm-hmm. to a pastor, to a local ministry, so that we can get that child the emergency food they need to get them through this next six months. Which is so important because, like, I I think we've all been experiencing our own, I don't know, stress or anxiety. Like, everyone's experiencing this pandemic. It's this kind of this great equalizer is what I've heard people talking about it as. But it really isn't, though. Like, (laughs) even just the freedom to have a deep freezer in my house where we could go, like, hey, go buy extra groceries just, just so we can kind of store up so we don't have to go out as often. Like, there's so many luxuries that I have that I take for granted. When you think about the way a pandemic is affecting people globally can can you give just one more kind of snapshot of like the ways something like a pandemic might be affecting people that live in context way different than our own well, just think about our own experience, our own. I mean, honestly, many people are suffering all over the world in these countries just like and have the same anxieties, the same fears like you and I have. When right. we shop and meat is limited to one pack, we see we've seen that. You know, you go to the meat department, it says one pack per customer. But the poor, there is no shop. There is no meat and one pack for these poor. When we face long lines and need for toilet paper, these families in these huts and these hovels, the shacks that they live in, there is no toilet, no sanitation to speak of. And when we talk about social distancing, there are multiple generations living within these cramped huts. Wow. There is no social distancing right. for survival. This is, the, this is survival. And then on top of which, they cannot go out to work. They cannot go out into the communities. And we've heard families that are hanging flags. Uh, they're hanging sheets, white shirts on their door post indicating that we surrender. Surrender to what? Surrendering to hunger because there is wow. no food. Mm. So, people, you can do this, friends. $37 gift, a one-time gift, provides emergency food relief for a child for six months. You can do that at 1160hope.com and click on the emergency food relief banner. Or uh, if you're old school and like to call, you can go 855-901-4673. We are thrilled to be uh, continue to be joined by Paul Jacobs from Food for the Poor. Paul is down uh, in Florida, but we can see some solidarity. He's wearing a Chicago Cubs hat uh, all the way down there because we're together. So Paul's going to continue to join us here on The Common Good, AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. This is The Common Good with Brian Fromm and Ian Simpkins on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. 
When you pray to God, what do you say to him about yourself and your family? Mande bon Dieu, m'di bon Dieu aidem, bonne force, bonne courage parce que c'est lui bon mon yo. Bon Dieu ba jam ba peine sensé que la montre tout gens pour me faire pour ma comme ça tout le cavo au monde sous lui moi pour qui aidem ensemble avec. I ask God for strength and courage with my kids. I know God doesn't ever give any pain without relief. So I ask him to keep giving me strength to better raise my kids. Maybe put someone on my path that'll make a difference in my life. Welcome back to The Common Good on AIM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Alongside Ian Simpkins, my name is Brian Fromm, and we are thrilled to continue to be joined by Paul Jacobs from Food for the Poor. Food for the Poor provides emergency food relief, which is especially needed here in these Latin American countries during the COVID-19 pandemic. Quick reminder, here's how you donate. 855-901-4673. That's 855-901-4673. Or go to 1160hope.com and click on the emergency food relief banner. And what we're asking for is one-time $37 gifts. You might be like, well, that's not very much. Well, here's what it does. It feeds and provides uh, food relief for a child for six months. And Paul, uh, could you remind us, for those who might just be tuning in, how in the world does a one-time $37 gift provide for an entire six months' worth of food for a kid? Food for the Poor, working hand-in-hand with local ministries on the ground, has been life-changing for so many. It's the fact that we can utilize the local church and the distribution of this food to these communities, far-reaching communities through the local church. Then, of course, we have partnerships around the world that will donate food into Food for the Poor so that we can then take your gifts and just get it shipped into country. But what was what has been interesting is that since borders have been closed due to coronavirus, mm-hmm. COVID-19, and we have been very limited, and we still ship, but very limited in what we can ship in our countries. Uh, simply, we have turned to the local markets. We have turned to local food producers and said to our ministry partners, contact those who are providing food. Contact those who are trying to keep their employees in, at work so that they can literally um, – you know, provide us the food. Of course, we need a huge discount because we're buying on such large scale for mm-hmm. so many families. And those those uh, food local food producers are helping us turn around and uh, get keep people employed and get food to communities that so desperately need it. The impact uh, on these communities has been remarkable. And our our ministry, uh, excuse me, our projects director Marcus Frisch, he talks about the impact that your gift is making to families on the ground right now in Haiti. The COVID-19 pandemic is having a devastating effect all around the world, and not just in terms of the illness. It's also creating widespread food shortages. In many countries, families that are already hungry will soon be facing starvation and famine. Marcus Frisch is Projects Director with Food for the Poor. Our operation of Food for the Poor in Haiti has now scaled back a lot of their projects and their sole focus is now on food. They have several distribution centers throughout the entire country and these are really the lifeline for a large percentage of the population. We're providing baskets of goods including rice and beans and other essentials to try and help our Haitian brothers and sisters throughout this crisis. They have no one else to turn to other than food for the poor. And so, Paul, as we continue to think about uh, what is going on in places like Haiti, um, 
uh, remind us again, that was painted, that picture was painted so well, but COVID-19, uh, what has really struck me is what you said about schools uh, and the lifeline that schools are and how this COVID-19 pandemic has really cut off that lifeline. Yeah, absolutely. You know, many people are suffering all over the world, just having the same anxieties, the same fears, making the same adjustments that you and I, we have all had to make these many months. But when you talk about a family in Haiti where these children, if they get to go to school, if their children, if their families can find a school for free or afford to send them to school, these children are getting their only meal of the day in these communities from that school. But guess what? Mm. Just like the schools here, the schools shut down, but there's no distance learning. There's no sending them home with laptops so that they mm-hmm. can finish their lessons. No, school has shut right. down. The food, food programs in these schools have been completely shut down. And these are real people. These are real children just like yours and mine. And so we need to rush this emergency food. We need your help to do it. And today we're asking you. Will you save a child who cannot go to school, cannot get their only meal of the day during this pandemic with just six months of emergency food for only $37? And so the question is, with that, how many children can you save with your gift right now? That's really good. Yeah, again, the number is 855-901-4673. That's 855-901-4673. Or you can go to 1160hope.com and then click on the emergency food relief banner. It's really clear. It's really obvious. It takes just a couple of minutes to do. And, Paul, you've been doing this for a long time. I'm wondering, can you speak a little bit to some of the hurdles that you've heard people have to giving? Like Brian and I are pastors. People have probably heard pastors talk about giving. They've heard Christians talk about the significance of giving. It's better to give than receive. Jesus spends a quarter of his earthly ministry talking about what we do with our finances. There's over 800 passages in Scripture that talk about money and wealth and and it having spiritual significance. Mm -hmm. But what are some of the hurdles that you find people have when they're like, ah, I'm just, I'm not sure, I'm, I'm not sure it's the right time, or... You just would you just weigh in some of your experience and what you've experienced in that? It boils down to the most pragmatic and practical examples. This morning, I woke up to a text message saying, "Hey, click here and get your refund from this local store." And mm-hmm. I was like, "That does not sound like that local store would be texting me from this unknown number." <laughs> Only to see an e uh, an article on Yahoo that says, "Oh, by the way, don't click this link from that store. It is a scam." Yeah, no kidding. Mm-hmm. And so there are we're competing with a lot of that because there is so much coming at us on a daily basis in these many months to help out someone, to help out an organization to help out this person or that uh, community. But Food for the Poor, for for more than 38 years, has been steady, working with local churches on the ground. And then, of course, there's the other side to that is what we have been doing with the local church, the ministry partners that have been committed since this pandemic began to say we are going to commit not only to uh, being good stewards over what God has given us, but what you have provided to us through your hearts and your generosity so that we can save yet another child. And for $37 today, we're asking you to provide six months of life-saving emergency food for one child. And the question really simply boils down with your $37 gift, um, how many children can you save? Mm -hmm. If it's $37, saves one child. How many children can you save right now? With time waning on us and minutes before, the moment is now. You've heard us share these stories. You've heard us talk about the impact that your gift is making on countries like Haiti and Guatemala and Honduras. 
So we're waiting on you. We need you right now to make that dinner, make that gift and save a life. Yeah, Paul, with like the last minute we have left in this segment, I'm just curious again. Uh, this is more than a job for you. It's a passion. Uh, how is working with country, in countries like Haiti and Guatemala uh, affected your life? I have a very close-knit family, and when I go into Haiti, when I go to Guatemala, I see that same thing. Families just like mine in these countries. We may not speak the same language, even though I do speak some Spanish, but we may, we may not have the same cultural, uh, cultural uniqueness and, and the things that we do here, but they are families nonetheless. These children remind me of when I was six and eight years mm-hmm. old playing, and we wanted to be children. The only difference was mom said, dinner time. Mom said, don't be late for lunch. Mom said, eat your breakfast. And for many of these children, that is non-existent. And since this pandemic, these many months, it has been even harder for these children to eat. And so we're in need of you to say yes to these children who have heard for these many months, no, far too much. So you can do that by calling 855-901-4673. That's 855-901-4673. Or go to 1160hope.com and click on the emergency food relief banner. It takes next to no time to do this. And for only $37, not $37 a month, but one-time $37 gift provides emergency food relief for a child for six months. So we can, uh, let's see how many of these $37 gifts we can get because with each one, uh, a child eats and a child gets what they otherwise wouldn't have. Well, Paul Jacobs from Food for the Poor is going to stay with us for one more segment. You're here listening to The Common Good, AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. I know that we're all going through a rough time here in this country, but please understand that for $37, you can feed a starving child for six months. $37. Divide that by the days in six months, which is about 180 days. Think about it. $37 would mean a few cents a day. Please do it. Uh, we're glad to be joined all day today by Paul Jacobs from Food for the Poor. Uh, and what you just heard there is this. For $37, not $37 a month, but for a one-time gift of $37, you can provide emergency food relief for a child for six months. The, people are literally starving in these Latin American countries. They were before, but now with COVID-19, it is that much worse. Uh, and so for $37, you can help be part of the difference. Call 855 901 4673 or go to 1160hope.com and click on the emergency food relief banner. And Paul, uh, we were talking off air a little bit. Uh, we're all parents. Could you speak? Uh, just paint a picture for the parents out there. Well, it's very simple. Um, you know, when our girls were a lot younger, and one of my main responsibilities was every Friday when paycheck came around was loading those lunch accounts. I had to make sure that come Monday morning, no one came home crying because they didn't have tater tots. And I had three girls. <laughs> yeah. And that was, the, that, was the, that was the length and the extent of the, the work that I had to put in to make sure that while they were at school, they could eat and they could literally get some semblance of, of help. I never prayed, God, let's please help my children eat today. I never prayed that prayer. It was never for me. And, and, and even when I was struggling myself as a young man, um, you know, being, being raised by a single parent, um, it, was, it was rough. It was tough. But we, we had something. But 
these families right now, sheltering in place has become a slow death for many of these families mm. because they cannot leave their homes to go work. They cannot mm. l- leave their home and say to someone, we're hungry, we're starving. They're relegated to leaving uh, literally white uh, white shirts, white flags, white sheets on their doorpost indicating we surrender. We surrender to what? We surrender to, pov- to hunger. We're hungry. We don't have no food. And mm. so imagine... You are a mom right now. What you would be going through living in this country like Haiti, Anhel Lomar, executive uh, vice president, tells the story of imagining what it would be like if you were a mom having to face this every day. I would ask you to put yourself in the place of one of those mothers in Haiti who sees her child getting thinner and thinner and now with the coronavirus she sees that the hope keeps getting smaller and smaller imagine if a two-year-old who might have weighed 13 pounds and all of a sudden they go to 12 and they go to 11 and they go to 10 and they go to 9 and they go to 8 and they go to 7 imagine if that were your child knowing that because you could not get them food that your baby is going to die Paul, that's just heartbreaking. Uh, It's just heartbreaking. Uh, Can you, uh, with that in mind, remind our people uh, what they can do about this, what, how they can be the part of the solution? Today, we're asking you in the final moments we have together, the final moments that we have to say to you, we're asking if you will save a child suffering during this pandemic with six months of emergency food for only $37. And by that, $37 provides one child that six months of emergency food. We simply ask you right now in these final moments that we have together with you, how many children can you feed? It's very simple to do. When you go online to 1160hope.com, click the red Food for the Poor banner. It says Emergency Food Relief. Inside of three minutes, you can save a life. Save three lives. Save ten lives. Children who need your help. Or if you'd rather do it, you can call toll-free. 855-901-4673. Before you fix your meal today, will you please help another child to have six months of emergency meals, emergency food, a lifeline, if that, with your gift? Please call. Well, I want to make a bit of a confession right now. Actually, this last weekend, we were cleaning out our kitchen. It was like way overdue for that, and our cupboard in particular And I'm pulling out stuff that we had bought months ago that I completely forgot about that has now gone bad. And we'd bought new versions of it and ate some – like I I remember just staring at the trash bag of the food that went bad without me even knowing it. Like I have two young children, two and one, and I've never in my life opened the fridge and not had anything I could give them. Like they maybe didn't want it. Maybe they wanted peach and all I have is raspberry, whatever it is, but like – we have so much and we often don't think about that. Like I think when we read scripture and it talks about rich people, we tend to think, well, that's not us. Like no one's rich, but everyone knows someone who is, you know? Mm-hmm. And part of what you're describing is that you no, know, we're at a global scale. We're the wealthy ones. Mm-hmm. We're the ones with the resources. We're the ones that I think God is maybe tugging on the heart saying, now is your opportunity to care for the least of these, to care for people that like you were saying, aren't just hungry, but add a crisis, add a pandemic to that. Like situation is dire. Can you? I know that a lot of people who have gone on missions trips have had that kind of moment, that kind of aha moment. But for the people that have never maybe been able to hop on a plane and see this firsthand, can you help as best you can? Give them 
that aha moment auditorily right now? 93 minutes from Miami International Airport, you land on the uh, soil of Haiti, Port-au-Prince, Haiti, in the airport there. And literally, as you leave the airport, you are faced with families, children, in communities within minutes of the airport who sit and wait because they have not eaten all day. They sit and wait for mom to come home from the informal market, selling wares, going and working in basically service uh, service industry or maybe even working on a local farm or a factory, if you will, earning no more than $2 a day. And now, since the pandemic, all these many months, there is no stimulus. There is no safety nets. They have nothing. They have been sheltering in place, shut away with no hope to have any way to earn a living to bring that food home for that child who is waiting for mom to say, here is a little something to eat. But you mm-hmm. stand in the gap mm-hmm. for this child with a very manageable $37, what equates to pizza night on a Friday. Mm-hmm. That $37 provides one child six months of emergency food. And so we simply ask you, how many children can you save right now in the final moments we have together? Yeah, pause. You said we've got about a minute left, a minute and a half. I just want to turn it over to you. I want to say, uh, take the mic and make one more appeal as you do so well to the people out there who might be on the fence, uh, but that we would love to see help food for the poor. If you are a a lover of Jesus like I am and you study the gospel for your life, you go no farther than Galatians 2.10. When Paul began his ministry, he said, all they asked was that we should continue to remember the poor, the very Mm -hmm. thing I'd been eager to do all along. So I'm asking you not to just provide meals, not to just provide a six-month emergency food, but to remember the poor with your generous and loving gift and just do the work of Jesus. Paul, I I leave encouraged and challenged every time we talk to you. And thankfully, (laughs) we're going to get to talk to you again tomorrow. We're going (laughs) to do another day of this. Remind you, for $37, one-time gift of $37, you can provide emergency food relief for a child for six months. That's for six months, a one-time gift of $37. You can do that by calling 855-901-4673. That's 855-901-4673. 4673 or go to 1160hope.com and there you'll find the red emergency food relief banner. Just click on that banner and it'll just take you two, three minutes to go ahead and fill that out and change a child's life. Well, Paul, this has been a fun day. We really appreciate you, man. And we're looking forward to seeing you again tomorrow. God bless you guys. Thank you. You too. And we're glad that you joined us. Go ahead. You can give even though the show's over. You can continue to give. Uh, For Ian Simpkins, my name is Brian Fromm. You've been listening to The Common Good on AM 1160. Hope for your life.